All right, we are back. This is the Dream is Free podcast, episode eight. I'm your host, Jake Healy. We have our other host and super producer, Mike Theophil. What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? Very excited about our guest today. His name is Johnny Bird the third, right? Johnny Bird the third. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited to have him on today. He's a uh, former UConn basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing a lot of up to a lot of great things now. I know you have the the hashtag do mode. mode. Do mode. Do mode. Do mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's all about motivation, uh, community stuff, keeping keeping everybody else motivated around you. Yeah. Um, you were actually referred to us to come on here by Danny Vieira. Oh yeah, yeah, Danny, yeah, yeah Danny's my man. Live yeah, free. from Live Free. Yeah, Live free. so he's he's yep. a he's, he's a good friend man. of ours. He was just on here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He sent me over his uh, his uh, podcast that you guys did, and uh, I checked it out. I mean, all the stuff he was saying. Me and Dan, we talk about that all the time. It's been late nights talking to Danny. <laughs> yeah. and Danny can talk. So yeah. yep, I I always like I see him at the at Harborview Market like over by. Yeah, we met over there a few times. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Harborview shout Market. Out Harborview, man. <laughs> Yeah. We've got a lot of our guests coming from Harborview because of Jake. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a awesome. low-key gem over there. Yeah, man. yeah. A lot now of we like, just shout it out. Everybody gonna be over there. Right? <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah, of characters exactly. over there. Oh yeah. No, like we've we got into some deep stuff with Danny, and then off the podcast, me and him. Just when I see him, it always ends up being like this Every super time. deep conversation. Every time. Yeah, but uh, we're we're excited to have you on here. I checked out. You also you wrote a book too. Yeah, uh, called the toughest two, right? Toughest two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. started. So Danny sent me your info. I googled you. I checked out LinkedIn. <laughs> I saw the book. Right. Yeah. I, I looked as soon as I started reading the book. I read uh, the 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 beginning part before chapter one of your what's called like the, the epilogue forward. or whatever the forward. It is, the forward. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I read that about like you know when you went to go into the game, took mm-hmm. the shot, air ball, <laughs> went back in for the layup, right? Yep. yep. And then you flip the page and it's chapter one. Bridgeport. Yeah, I love that. We got to get him on here. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Yeah, man. You can't can't tell a story, or I can't tell a story that doesn't include Bridgeport in it. Right. It's the foundation of everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then one other thing before I let you start talking is uh, you're from, from Fayetteville, right? Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah. That's where I was born. I mean, you which know. is J. Cole. J. Cole, baby. Dude, that's our favorite rapper. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, We've been to like, concerts. He's like our, our number two. I numero went to the Fayetteville concert. Wow. With J. Cole when the Forest Hill Drive, the ending. Yeah. The wow. Jay Z came out. Drake came out. Jay Z and Drake in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's crazy. That's yeah. nuts, dude. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so it was, it's crazy. But yes, born in Fayetteville yeah. and uh, raised in Bridgeport for sure. Love it. Yeah. Sounds good. So what's the, uh, give, give us the, the Johnny Bird story, you know, like what's where it started at? Oh, Johnny Bird. I mean, <laughs> my friends, well, they refer to me as JB. And um, I, yes, born in Fayetteville uh, to a military family, you know, and um, so Fort Bragg is right there. And uh, moved to Bridgeport and, you know, been raised in Bridgeport, middle school, high school here. Um, stayed in Connecticut, went to UConn. Uh, played basketball there. I walked on to the basketball team there. And uh, for the people who don't understand what a walk-on is, is somebody that was not recruited to the team but yet had to try out. And through my trials and tribulations there, um, that the book, The Toughest Two, is, is mainly about. It's not exclusively exclusively about me, but it, it is, uh, you know, based off of things that I've been through um, that I think could resonate with other people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, 
going to college, being from the inner city, being dumped into stores, Connecticut. Yeah. You know, it could be a culture shock, mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. And I was shocked, man. You know, being able going there, having nobody who looked like you, nobody who talks like you, um, you know, you're not able to assimilate well. And uh, being the introvert that I am, uh, I definitely wasn't making things easier for myself by, you know, being secluded. Right. And um, I, uh, yeah, I struggled. Like, a lot of people struggle in their first year of college, especially mm -hmm. at a big college. But I struggled even more so because it was identity crisis for me. It was more like, who am I? What am I? At the, the time, I wasn't playing any sports. So you identify yourself as an athlete your whole life, graduate, and you thrust it off into the world. It's like, all right, figure out your stuff. And uh, so I got the stories, and I wasn't quite ready to figure it all out yet. So, um, you know, I messed did, around. Did you go there with, like, the intention of playing basketball? Like, no. I didn't go. I didn't want to go to UConn at all. It wasn't on my list of schools to go to. I actually wanted to go back to North Carolina uh, to go to UNC. Uh, been a Tar Heel fan since day, day one. one. <laughs> <laughs> since day one. Right. And um, but it didn't work out that way because uh, I actually got in, but I wasn't able to uh, matriculate because it just cost me. Now I'm out of state, not in mm -hmm. state, because right. I live with my mom, uh, who's in who was in Bridgeport. So it was just a different family dynamic that caused me not to be able to go to UNC and all, or the other schools that I wanted to go to. So UConn was kind of like the throwaway school I went to, and I know that kind of comes off a certain way, but I'm just telling you how, how it was. Yeah, me, yeah. UConn wasn't the place I wanted to be, so I didn't go to orientation. I didn't go to – I didn't read up on UConn. I didn't research. I wasn't following UConn basketball, nothing. Yeah, well, You're just, like, going to college because you're like, this is what, what you my, do? The like, deal was, I, since I got into UConn, the plan was to go there for a year. That's when my mother and my guidance counselor – we decided on to transfer to these other places right uh, that I wanted to go to and I played baseball I was playing basketball I played football in high school so it was like I was getting recruited at probably like uh lower d1 higher d2 type schools right and I you know in my mind I thought if it's UNC or nothing and right so it was like I, I had a real like skewed version of what college sports was so it was like if I'm not playing here I'm not playing at all right and um so I went to UConn not playing anything I just kind of was going as a regular student and uh yeah so how'd you go from just <laughs> yeah, being like right, yeah. I'm, I'm not playing basketball here at UConn to being a, a walk-on basketball player so right? originally it started off like I like I was saying you just kind of you don't have any bearings of, uh, about yourself while you're there so I'm trying to figure out myself what do I like doing and uh basketball obviously was natural to me uh, but baseball actually was the sport I was better at. Uh, so I went out for the baseball team for okay. UConn. And uh, long story short there, they tried to transfer me over to their satellite campus, Avery Point, which I didn't know was what they did with their freshmen. Yep. I took it as a slight, like, yo, I'm, I'm a baller, man. I'm mm -hmm. staying at <laughs> yeah. stores. Like, if I'm not staying at stores, I don't even want to be here. And y'all telling me that I'm, I got to go somewhere else. Go somewhere right. else. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, nah, right. if it's not stores, I'm not playing. And, yeah. But uh, it is like their farm system, yeah. essentially, for the freshmen? Right. Right. And, okay, and okay. I didn't realize that coming in because I didn't know the politics of it all. I right. Was yeah. Like, if I'm not playing at every position, level. I'm not playing or whatever, I'll wait to play because there, I know there's seniors, there's, there's seniority above you, but... I'm not leaving. Um, so that's what I thought. Um, and then, uh, so I quit that. Mm -hmm. Then now you're in this like little zone where you quit baseball. You're just floundering with classes. I wasn't prepared for classes. I didn't, like I said, I didn't do orientation. So I chose my classes oh, late. Oh, God. I chose them late, which means you get stuck with mm -hmm. like the worst classes. Worst right. times. Um, and <laughs> worst professors. Early classes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All so that stuff. You get you're stuck with the worst times, the 8 a.m. classes, yep. early morning classes. 
the the worst ones. And so, yeah, I mean, I was flaking on those classes. And those classes are massive, too. They're like 100 kids in a, a class. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So, like, if you don't, if you're not on time, you might as well not show up. Because right. there's no seating. You're not going to try to shift through, you know, a bunch of people to get sit in the middle. And everybody was prepared. And I wasn't. I had, like, a notebook. Everybody had, like, their laptops ready yeah. to go. They had a clicker ready for the, the to answer the questions. I didn't have none of that stuff. I just was not prepared. Yeah. So uh, I was just slow rolling my way to getting kicked out. And um, a basketball came along, and I saw one of my friends who uh, I used to hoop every night in the, in the like the rec, the rec league, yeah, uh, the rec gym, and uh, I was killing it there. Of course, you're killing. You're playing with a bunch of I people know. who don't Bumps. really play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I'm killing it there. But uh, so one of my friends suggested to me that I try out for the team, and at the time, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know you could try out. Um, so I told him no because I'm like, why would I even put myself up to that? Because for that rejection, and uh, right. but he he uh, he was going. So he coaxed me into going with him. I went with him. I was originally going to watch him play, and they told me that I could. I either had to leave or play. So I started playing, um, and uh, yeah, I was killing it. I mean, the trials was a breeze, but um, it was when the real UConn Monstar team yeah. came outside. Once once we we practiced, once <laughs> we tried out, it was the trials were easy. But like an hour later, we waited in the gym for the team to come in because they wanted you to play with the team. Mm. This is where Rudy Gay. Yeah, I was gonna ask who'd you play uh, with. Yeah, at that time it was Rudy Gay. It was '05, so it was uh, Rudy Gay. Wow. Um, Denim Brown. Yep. Uh, Marcus Williams. Yep. You know, ballers, ballers NBA yeah. guys. Yeah, Rudy Gay still in the league. I, yeah. I love Rudy. I thought he'd be better than he was. But. Yeah. And all these dudes. I mean, you see him up close. They are who you think they yeah. are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like six nine. Tall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guarding you off. Monsters, I couldn't get yeah. past half court. Like, yeah. It was that bad. Yeah. And so it was it was a shock to me. And I'm like, whoa. I like that that the difference between high school Yo. and college is massive mm -hmm. in terms of just speed and strength of, of the game. And uh yeah, I couldn't get past them. I couldn't score. I couldn't get a shot off. It was just bad news. But I wasn't gonna give up in terms of because you know, being from Bridgeport, you got a chip on your shoulder. Like, yeah. I think you were one of the best. And so I was Ready to take on the hooping challenge. You had the heart. But I wasn't ready to take on the politics of it all. Which yeah. was your walk on, there's a place in your in the system where you have to stay inside. And for me, walk-ons felt like it was at the bottom of the Yeah, it's, just, it's trash. You know, you're where, just rebounding. And, where yeah, was the switch for you? Like, where was the switch for you where you went from, like, I don't want to do this. You show up to tryouts, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, "All right, I'm I'm well, doing this." Once like, you, what I mean, if you're a baller, once you step on the court, it's over. Okay. Like, all yeah. other things are out the window. Classes yep. out the window. Relationships are out the window. Everything for balling. But um, again, it was outside things that were kind of out of my control that allowed that that forced me to quit basketball as well. So I quit baseball and I eventually quit basketball because they had me dressing in different locker rooms. They had us not. Yeah, like it, it just felt. Fucking, yeah, like, you're second-class citizen almost, yeah, bro, right? It, it felt so, it's like, crazy. like you were not, you're here, but you're not a part of us. Like, you're outside the bubble. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I didn't like that feeling. Um, I wasn't game to play that kind of ball with them. You know, either I'm balling or, and have a fair opportunity to, to, to do stuff. And I wasn't even asking, like, for playing time or anything. I knew that was a stretch. You just want to be a part I of the team. To, like, if yeah. we're here, why are you segregating us? Yeah. Right. Um, How so many other walk-ons were there? At the time, there were four other ones. Okay, including yourself. Including myself. Right. So it was four of us, and um, they were, I guess they knew the deal. 
So they were just more happy to be there. <laughs> they were they were like able to be like, okay, yeah, I played basketball at UConn for the rest of their life type thing. And that's yeah. what they were gearing up for, and that was not my goal. Right. So I didn't care about that. I wanted to to have opportunity to ball out, and you know, just just give me a shot. Right. You know, that's all it was. And uh, so I quit the team. And once I did that, so now I quit baseball. I've quit basketball all in my first semester. And <laughs> I was like, all right. Total identity crisis, There's right? nothing here for me. I don't like it here. I want to go back home. Mm. Which is where I know I'm comfortable there. My friends are back home. But uh, so I ended up getting on academic probation two semesters in a row. And when you do that, you get kicked out of school automatically. Uh, so I ended up going home over the summer. Uh, but I was happy. In my mind, I was doing what I wanted to do, which was get back to home. But uh, if anybody who's done that transition again from high school to college, that first year is massive because it's it goes from it's you hanging lot. out with your friends all the time, playing Xbox or PlayStation and going to the mall, to that next year, all of a sudden people got responsibilities, they got jobs, they got kids, people were passing away. I had uh, three friends pass away that summer. Uh, people, my high school is literally across the street from a jail. So people right. were going from high school to prison. Mm -hmm. Central so high school. it just was like, it was a massive turnaround where it was like, I didn't even recognize home anymore. Mm. So, um, so what happened? You got back here and had another identity crisis. <laughs> so I got back here <laughs> yeah. and had an identity crisis. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so I'm like, funny. I'm trying to get back to, so now I'm trying to figure out like, Hey, I'm knocking on the doors of the, the old, uh, colleges that were recruiting me for. Uh, baseball and basketball before mm. but now it's a year removed and mm -hmm. i'm a whole different person their programs are different now they might have different coaches so i got a lot of no's yeah things turn around quick you're after a year out of it now yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm out the loop uh i don't have much i don't have recent tape to show them right you know what i mean so my recruiting uh prospects were nil basically so my only option was to get back to uconn and i had to go grovel uh to the you know the dean and my counselors and show that i will turn it around and all that stuff. So I'm doing all this stuff for a place that I didn't care to be at, but I got to put that face on. Yeah. And uh, But once I got back, I had a real conversation with my uh, one of my counselors. Shout out to Carl. Shout out, um, Carl. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, Carl Dean, actually, he he had one simple, like, I need, I'm the kind of person who's just, like, straight talk. And right. he straight talked to me. He was like, listen, you can go home. And you could do, you could be like, you know, some of the people that you've seen kind of uh, regress. Or you can come here. You can not play basketball, but at the end of the day, you need to get this degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I need to do something. I can't be sitting on my hands. So I got back in with a plan. But he said, you need a game plan. And we mapped out a plan, and the basketball was not in that plan. But uh, once I started progressing with the classwork, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, let me try this basketball. Now I know what yeah. to expect. And how to maneuver. So you get that. It's like playing Mario or something where you, you go through one of the levels and you die. But yep. now you know what to expect right. on the next go around. So you kind of go through it a little more carefully. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, sophomore year now. Yeah, sophomore year. I'm going it. back and I'm in and I know what to expect now. So Even with your classes, I'd say you even know what to expect. So you're ready to better. go. Yeah. Shout out to Carl. He helped, yep. he helped me pre-register. Right. To get, get the better, better times. A better schedule that was conducive to me. Mm -hmm. I also knew that if I were going to play basketball again, that because basketball in college is not like high school where you high school you have practice after school at like right. five or whatever yeah. and then that's that college so basketball you six have practice all day yep. or any time of the day sometimes you got we always had to wake up early yep. to go eat with each other yep. so you had to go work wake up early go eat breakfast then you that class or you had to go weight lift or you had to you had individuals to do individuals always and then you um 
you have practice. Practice could be at 12 on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It could be at 2 on Wednesday, all during class time. And that that's another thing that messed me up before is I was having classes. I would have practice during classes, mm. but I would choose to go to practice and not go to class. And uh, How does that work out with, like, teachers and stuff? Do you get, like... Like being I an thought, athlete, you get a little pass. Again, yeah. back in the freshman year, I thought it was like blue chips, where it's like, yeah. you know, I'm on the, all you got to show is yeah. the ID, I'm on the team. And and that goes back to the team not vouching for you. Therefore, the teachers don't really vouch for you. Right. If you're segregated within the team and they don't really acknowledge you, the teachers don't really care. Right. You know what I mean? So now it's like, all right, I'm prepping myself to be, I'm preemptively taking classes around what I know to be the schedule. And that way I don't have to have these awkward conversation with the cl- teacher not until i'm ready to you know i'm ingratiated into the team and i'm acknowledged as such and eventually you you know you progress i started at the bottom line and then it's like a few through hard work a couple of lucky breaks um i was able to uh get what i was desperately looking for which was um you know a solidified spot on the team get the jersey first and foremost was to get a jersey <laughs> as a walk-on you don't you're not guaranteed a jersey Oh, wow. Um, and then second was to get a jersey with your name on it. Was it hard to go back sophomore year to, to like, walk onto the team again? You start over. Were because they, this progression yeah. that you get, jersey, name on jersey, playing time, seat on the bench, so on and so forth, all starts yeah. when you start your uh, – it's like a, a timeline you got to go through. Got it. And when I quit, I had to restart. Yep. So I had the people that stayed on the year before were ahead of me, even though we started at the same time. Yep. They already had their jersey. They are, so game. now they have what I was looking for, but I didn't. I wasn't patient enough. And um, so I had to start over. And that meant <laughs> that there was more people on the team and not enough spots. So there's only like 11 and 12 spots on the bench on the, on the roster that they could actively put out to the NCAA. Yep. And if you're a walk-on, let's say there's like, like 15 the 15th, of us. Yeah, yeah. So I was 15th. Yeah. So I wasn't on anything. I wasn't yeah. on any media guides. I wasn't on any NCAA rosters. So when I would tell people back home, yeah, I'm on the team, <laughs> they wouldn't believe it because they wouldn't see it. <laughs> so they're it like, was, there goes crazy JJ. Whatever, JJ. <laughs> you got to fake it till you make it. So I was out the bookstore. I cop some UConn gear. <laughs> Yo, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah, bro. But it was, it was, was a lot and but it was worth it and if you read the toughest two you'll see more you know there's things that i miss that i'm i'm purposely not putting right right the right. book is much more in depth yeah, yeah you had time to plot it but, out but and it's easy sure. it's an easy read too just oh, that, for anybody for sure. listening like that was key yeah <laughs> that was super key yeah originally it was like 400 pages but we, we shopped it really down. Yeah. down like 130 right now got it so um, so yeah so how did it go from did it go from um like did you did you eventually got you got pt and stuff right and you yeah. eventually got on so like where'd that that changed, you know. So when I went from not playing at all, it right? To, I'm telling you, it was a bunch yeah. of days, early mornings, late nights. You now you're still a college student at the end of the day, so you yeah. still have, you got to maneuver the college life and I know this it's basketball tough. life. And when you're a walk on, it's all on you. When you're a scholarship athlete, they set up, times. they set it up yeah. for you. They give you, they give you tutors. Yep. They set your classes for you, yep. so you never have conflicts. And if you do, they know the teachers. They pretty much set you up so you don't have to think about nothing. Yo, other than seriously, basketball. they just want you to win games. But for walk-ons, we have to set all those things up ourselves. Got it. And even more so, a person from the inner city who's first generation going to school. I don't have any guidance yeah. around me right. that's telling me how to maneuver these things. So it's like I'm just winging it and not doing a good job by winging it at at, my at first that. Year. Yeah. So uh, after I I finally get. I worked my way to getting like noticed. I was I had to bust ass in practice a lot. Like 
You have to. You had to be there early. You had to be there early. You had to be there shots. after. I yeah. was li- lifting. I, yeah. my, for my sophomore year to my junior, it was the biggest transformation. I got a little taller. I got bigger. I was I was just in the gym all the time. I became a gym rat. I had to because I had. they had to see my face. They had to know I was serious. Cause, yeah. And I have the... the, the um, they looked at me as someone who quit the previous year. Yeah. They, they were so like, how long? he's about to... Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I had that real. stigma on me too. Yeah. So I had to shake that. I had so much shit working against me. Yeah, and a lot of it was me. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. not. It wasn't them. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to figure out my way. And then, uh, like I said, through hard work, consistency, uh, and a couple lucky breaks. One of the persistence. Biggest, one is one of the lucky breaks that I caught was uh, a couple of teammates. Um, you know, they got caught doing something they wasn't supposed to be doing mm-hmm. uh, in a place that they wasn't supposed to be at mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh they got <laughs> they got suspended for a game mm. so it was two point guards which was my position so i was like fifth in line in yeah. point guards so it was like <laughs> we don't yeah. what team needs five point guards yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like i said a couple lucky breaks two point guards went down and one was injured and then the next we had a game like two days from there so like someone like, had to play yeah and uh yeah they tapped me on the shoulder said are you ready and it happened to be a nationally televised game it was um we're playing indiana on nice. CBS. um yeah what happened? I, I, mean, I got in. I yeah. bought it. I, I, it was the loudest place. I've, it just so happens we were at the loudest place I've ever been at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, their gym is like built for acoustics yeah. or something. Right. Like um, to make it sound like and yeah. feel like right. they're on you. I, I mean, I just played my role. You know what I mean? I wasn't in there to go shoot up a storm right. and get crazy. It wasn't going to be like a, a crazy Rudy story, but it was like. Uh, Moving the ball, playing defense, there, doing your thing. Solid. Yeah, and that's what I was. I was solid. Was this the, the air ball? The no, no, no. Okay. That one was, <laughs> was solid. I didn't even just take a shot that game. I literally was just trying to facilitate. Got it. Um, and then uh, fast forward down the road, a couple of games. I even started a few games because the coach now he knows you. Now he trusts you. Right. And whenever star All American point guard does some, not, du- is yeah. not doing what he's supposed yeah. to do. Hey, bird. Come in. Yeah. And I'm ripping off. I'm yeah. running. Yeah. And now you become, now you're just in the back of their mind. And you're a walk on with the crowd section. Student sections are like yeah, the lifehood of yeah. all, all college lit. basketball. Yo, once you get good with them, and I oh. was great with them, uh, they were chanting chan your name. Now you're getting in just off of the strength bird, of them. Bird, <laughs> bird, so bird. Now, it's, now yeah. it's life. And now ball is life. And now that changes your whole psyche. Now you identify yourself as this. And now you're able to kind of enjoy the college experience. And it was like a 180 from my, you know, for junior year to and the freshman year that I was there. And then it turned into. As you uh, as you balling. got to like playing time and stuff, yeah. did the team dynamic change towards you too? Like were you yeah, more included I mean, in the team? You like, get more. Now all of a sudden you got a, a locker in the locker room. And now all of a sudden you have a jersey. You have your own number. Because in the, originally walk-on shared a jersey. We all had the number. 35, I think it was. That's so lame. Yeah. Come on. There's Four so many numbers. Like, yeah, come and on. And it's a weird number, too. It was yeah, like, like a good number. <laughs> no. So uh, mine was, then I got 40, which I was like, 40? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a balling number, but yeah. I'm making a balling number. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so it was it was that. And then uh, my junior year, my senior year, I got 10. I got to choose 10. Nice. And then 10 became my number and then became, uh, got my name on the back. And... Uh, so yeah. jun- junior and senior year, did you get any, like, were you, you were playing a lot? I was playing enough. I wouldn't say it as a lot. You know? Okay. Yeah, right. He's, a, he's, 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 it's a, it's, you know, he's getting time. Yeah. The coach knows him. It's, it's a different atmosphere. I totally get where you're coming from, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. I played at UB. Like, I, I mean, I didn't have a similar kind of story as you. I wasn't a walk on. 
but I wasn't getting recruited. Yeah. I had to go play those pickup runs. You know, I had to go show show these coaches like, hey, yeah, dude, I want to hoop, you yeah. know? You just got to So ball. I get it. I mean, yeah, it's, that's it. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not a different game than you played your whole life. It's just different dynamics. Yeah. Right? You're in a bigger gym. Yep. The lights are a little brighter yep. or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, it's basketball. Right. It's an adjustment. You know, it's like you're leveling up and it's like, all right, now I got to like adjust myself to be at this level. You know right. what I mean? I If you think you can, if you can't, then and some people can't, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, so you get there, you're doing your thing. What's uh what's your favorite game maybe favorite moment on yeah, the court? My favorite moment. Um we were playing in uh the Paradise uh gym. It's in uh a tournament in the Virgin Islands. Dope. During Feast Week when uh during November they have Feast Week where they have a bunch of tournaments and uh, we were ranked number 1 pre preseason. Mm. And uh so we go out to the Virgin Islands, ranked number 1. Virgin Islands is like second world country. So it's like um, a lot of resorts, a lot of resorts. But then the people, they kind of like, they don't really see people from the States that much. So they don't know who's who. So you're Michael Jordan. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Diddy out there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he said Diddy. <laughs> I'm Diddy out there. So we get off the plane and there's like people rushing to you. They just want you to like, just acknowledge just in, yeah. Just in case so, you're like going to yeah, be a future NBA player. Yeah. They're so like, I'm let me get that. I'm signing autographs. <laughs> I don't, I'm just signing whatever. Um, I remember we went to KFC that night, and it was a sport. Like, once they heard we were, like, the city heard we were in KFC, they all came. Like, awesome. so now we had to get, like, escorted out of KFC. But um, <laughs> the game was, uh, it was the first game that I started, which was, um, I think we were playing Miami, I want to say. Mm. And the U. Uh, um, they were in West Virginia. One of the two, I forget who it was, but we were playing them. They do their normal, like, our routine for warming up. And then uh, um, they did the starting lineups. And they called everybody except for the point guard position, which norm at that time was A.J. Price, I think. Mm. And uh, But then they said my name. They said Johnny Bird. <laughs> and uh, You didn't know? I didn't know. He didn't know. No one knew. Apparently yeah. the guy, they when you have, to, you have to write in your starting lineups, and this is just – being peace of mind, being the back end of somebody's head, he accidentally wrote my name, the coach. And because uh, I was balling that whole week, too. I was amped up. He was in his, you were was, in his head. I was just in his head. Yeah. So he accidentally put my name. And But once they call you out, you got to go out. Right. So it's a surprise to everybody on the bench. So I was like, fuck it, I'm out here. I go, <laughs> I take your warm-ups, I go. But now when you when your name is called, you have to start. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I went out and uh, we got the tip. We played like, Two, I thought I was going to get immediately pulled. Yeah. No, nah, I, I pawed for a little bit because I held, I held my composure. I just did, I didn't go wild. Yeah. You know, I've seen walk-ons get in the game and freeze up. I've seen walk-ons get in the game and go crazy. Too much, yeah. Do, do too, too much. much, yeah. And since I've already I've already established myself as, you know, someone who just wants to hoop, right? They, they let me rock for a little bit. So that was the first time I was like, all right. And again, it was another way to showcase to the, the staff that, like, they could trust me. Right. And uh, so that was my favorite moment. And then, uh, but then down the line, once we got back home, we started playing more intensely. And then I would get like in the games every now and again. And my first bucket was the premise of the toughest two. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did that, that uh, air ball feel like? Like when you. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, anybody, any baller know, man, when you're sitting on the bench, it's cold. Yep. You try to warm yourself, Yo. you try to stay hype, but you get in the game. You feel like you need oil. Yeah, it's like it's like you be in a game for 
40. And the gyms are cold, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, people think the gyms are, like, hot. Like, yeah. When you're playing these big, airy gyms, usually they're not basketball arenas. They're, like, some other arena, and they put a court on top of it. Yep. So we played in the XL Center, which is a hockey arena oh, damn. originally. So there's ice underneath the – so it's cold in there is right. what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and so you're sitting in there just waiting, 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 and then it's like – and then you get randomly called, yeah. and it's like, yeah, 30 minutes into the game, and you're sitting at the end of the bench chopping it up about whatever yeah, y'all talking literally, about. Yeah, literally. It's like, <laughs> the, Bird, the get girl in. across it over there. Like, you see that chick over there? Yeah, you see her over there? Yeah. It's like, Bird, get in. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so now you're like shocked that you're going in. You got to get your bearings right. Yeah. Right? Somebody pass you the rock, and you wide. I usually try not to shoot. Immediately when I get in the game, I right. want to run up and down a few times, yeah. get warm, maybe get an easy lay, maybe get a free throw. Right? Hell no! I got this game. He gets me in. I get put right at the baseline, and I hit those all day long when yeah. I'm warmed up. But I wasn't warmed up, dog. My mind said I'm ready, but my body was like, "Yo, we not ready." <laughs> so I, it was an air ball, but you know that led to. I thought he was gonna take me out as an air ball. He let me rock a little longer. Nice. Got a steal, and then that's when you know. The first oh, wow. JB bucket happened. I got a I got an N one layup. Dope. Yeah. Nice. You heart. Awesome. Nice. So what? Um. Go. You know. Moving through that, you get out of UConn, and then what's the uh, another identity crisis? I bet. <laughs> I love it. I love because it. Because you now for this goes to all student, uh, all people who go to college. It's you're thrusted into the real world, and it's like I was coming out of college on the heels of an economic. Downturn, so it was like that 2009 happened, mm. and then like 2009, 2010, 2011, it was like still. Uh, so yeah. you get in this job field now, you got to find a job, right? And try to like figure out. And then, easiest transition from being a, a athlete to the real world is to be a coach, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be a coach, yeah. You're like, I can still hoop, I can still well, hoop. I <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to grad school, and uh, I went. Or I can go play overseas. Yeah, I did get a little. Just being on UConn's team, they're gonna look at everybody on the roster. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I, I had some offers to play overseas, and I, I weighed, I weighed them, and I was like, I could go play overseas. Or I could start my career. A lot of bad stories about people playing. I mean, they play like I've heard people make like six thousand dollars, be there for six months. You mm. know what I mean? It's not, and then you gotta come home. Yeah. And what are you doing for the rest of the year? Your life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't want to go. Chase a dream for ten plus years, knowing you know. At the end of the day, I think that was the the highlight of my basketball career. I'm not gonna go past that. Um, so I, I made the decision not to do it, not to go overseas and just start my career. Yeah. And uh, but doing that meant you got to go in this job force, and you know, I, when you identify yourself as an athlete and not like a, a person in academia, right. right? It's like, what am I gonna do? I don't know. I'm just gonna take whatever jobs come. And at that time, there was so many jobs that were being taken up by people who lost their job mm. due to the recession. Right. So it's a lot of older people with experience taking the jobs that the college students would have normally had. Mm. And so now you're just like the trickle-down effect. You're taking jobs that people who probably graduated high school would have had. Yeah. And, and and a lot of these jobs are menial jobs, so it's just like you're just trying to figure it out. And um, I did that. I started uh, a little training on the side to make some more money. Mm. Um, like training kids. Hoops. Training kids in hoops. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met two of my mentors. And those two people changed my whole trajectory and, and probably why I'm sitting right here, which is um, shout out to Pete Borowski uh, and Larry Ocean. Shout two, out Petey, Larry. Two old white men um, <laughs> who, who uh, I was training their kids, their kids in basketball. So I would go to their homes in Westport and Weston, train their kids. And uh, afterwards, 
I just develop a rapport with the parents. And they were in the field that I was trying to get into, or I thought I wanted to do, which was uh, financial advising. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew they made a lot of money. You saw the crib. You saw them chilling, <laughs> living good. It's like, what do you do? What do y'all do? All right, I'm trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, they were gracious enough to like, yeah. hear me out and you know set me up on a appointments with uh well he, well probably hearing that wow. like you played at yeah basketball and an elite team right, right. And, that's, and that you're a team player right you know of course it, I, hoops that's that, a lot yes. for you yeah speak volumes for you and being at uconn spoke even more uh louder and uh you know going final four and being a part of like big time basketball is just um you know it's different right yeah. um so but to my to my own detriment, I wasn't leading conversations with that. I was, mm. I was kind of reluctant because I, I didn't feel like it warranted the the kind of conversation. Because you because you weren't like a Rudy Gay, exactly. Or whatever. But dude, it's like one the, the percentage of people that actually play college sports is pretty small. Yeah, it's yeah. very the, all it's levels. D one, yeah, yeah. Like, all levels. It's crazy, dude. You wouldn't even believe it. It's nuts. Yeah, and that that was my issue though. Again, being back from Bridgeport, and I, I think that just. I just had this chip on my shoulder mm. that because I wasn't like the number one guy on the team, it didn't really count. And 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 from the years of being kind of not acknowledged, so you're like you don't feel worthy enough. Uh, so people, I would go into these interviews, and that's all dudes wanted to talk about was basketball, <laughs> and I was reluctant to talk about it. So it was like I wasn't getting the jobs because I wasn't doing what they wanted to do in terms of talking about basketball. And then so uh, I learned the hard way that lead with what people like if you're trying to get in a certain position, like lead with your best foot yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I had I had to, it took me a while to recognize that I had a unique story that uh, other people were interested in right and um, you know once I started leading with that like for instance um, I wasn't getting these jobs in the, the um, financial financial area. advising mm. I would go to Morgan Stanley I would go to all these places and they would just be like yeah so it'd be 40 minutes of basketball talk nothing about the job um, and <laughs> Asked me how Calhoun was as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Everybody asked me that. How, how is he a coach? Like, he's the same person you would think he is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I had to find my niche and, and find my fit. And one of my uh, one of my mentors suggested that I write a book or, or put my story on paper. He didn't say a book originally. He said, put it down on paper, like write it out so you can articulate it, so you can get your feelings out about it. Because mm. you still obviously it's still your your you feel a type you of way feel about some it. Type yeah. of way about it. So uh, I was like, I don't, I'm not writing the right in the diary, dog. Like, yeah, yeah, the macho man. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I've got to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, eventually, I got asked probably three more times by three different people about my story. And then I, I coached this AAU team, and one of the dads on the AAU team. So you spend a lot of time with the parents after the games because the AAU weekends be like. So long, right? Play yeah, like 13 games in two days. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> That's why these guys have knee problems, exactly. Yeah, these, kids, these kids are hurting because they keep have a lot of miles on them before yeah. they even get to literally. High school. Um, so I'm talking to one of the dads, and he's like, He's like, Yeah, I googled you because I wanted to know who was coaching my kid, and I found out all these things about you. Can you tell me about your story? I said, I tell him over lunch one afternoon, and he's like, You got to put this in a book, man, and um, yeah, or at least some version of it. And I was like, nah, I've already, you know, went down that path or uh, talked to people about it. I'm not going to do it too much. And uh, he was like, no, I'll get you a red team. Again, I'm around affluent people as well. This is right, right. based out of Stanford Greenwich area. Yep. These people got bread. Um, so he had connections. He put me on with, uh, with I had a, uh, I had a, uh, 
a conversation with a couple of people that allowed me to to think a little bigger in terms of uh, overall scope of a, of a project. It wasn't a book originally; it was just writing it all stuff down. That's why I said it was like three, four hundred pages. Mm. And uh, but once you get going, right, it's easy. And uh, editing team chopped it down. Nice. And uh, that's the that's the shittiest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, they chopped it down and uh, turned it into something that was readable, digestible. That was one of my very yeah things. easy read. Yeah, was, I was like I want it to be easy. I don't want people to think uh, you know that this is some type of intimidating book or anything. And I didn't want people to think it was a biography necessarily. But uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's an easy read. It's it's like I said, 130 pages. It's based it's basically four chapters, which is like four quarters um, in a basketball game. And uh, yeah, it. It's, changed my whole trajectory of mm. what I was because I was just gonna work these menial jobs and you thought it was whatever. just like I, I was just walk on at yeah. UConn and like you didn't think it was gonna be this crazy inspiring story but right, right, you're, right. I mean you're the the story of the underdog you know that yeah, yeah. that's not giving up yeah yeah definitely no it's, ama- it's amazing um is it crazy to look back now and be like damn like you know how you couldn't see it yeah, then, but now it's like yeah. looking back, it's like damn, I ended up in the, the 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 space I'm supposed to be. You know, years later, I'm still talking about right. it. Right, you know what I mean? And it's still like you wrote it five years ago, right? Yeah. So it's like it's it's a it is the one of the biggest things that people want to talk about. And I leaned into it a little more. Right. Um. It's it's allowed me to get into doors that I wouldn't originally be able to get into. And then I can now have a conversation that I want to have. So if you want to talk to me about UConn basketball, sure, we could talk about that. And then we can change, you know, after a while, we get to know each other. We develop a rapport. And now we can start talking about other things. Whatever, yeah. And that's what exactly happened. That's that's how Do Mode came along. Um, Yeah, so tell 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 us us about about Do Mode. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not, I I don't know much about it. All right, well. Yeah. Get familiar with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, off the heels of writing a book, the book you you have a little um, speaking tour. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even like calling it a speaking tour. It was like a you know a little. Circle. You go to a book st- bookstore, talk talk about it, yeah. read a little bit of it, sign yeah. some books, right? Stuff sign like that. Sign some books. You go talk about it, and then it's conver- I noticed the shift from the conversation was less about the book and more about people uh, having asking me how I I did all the things I was doing. More about like. The, the value, the morality of a, like, how'd you push through everything? Yeah, the mindset. And, and, shit. and then it's like, uh, you know, to me, it was just kind of like, I don't know, I just was doing it. Um, and, but to them, they were like, uh, they, they, there's they, something more. There's something bigger than, than just doing it. It's, you, ha- you obviously have some type of mental fortitude that's beyond the norm. And I'm like, if you say so. Um, and, <laughs> Uh, but then it, it started to change the conversation. I've noticed that people are talking about like their dreams and their passions and what they wanted to do. And um, you know, a lot, at first, a lot of people ask me, "How do you write a book?" And then it turned into like, "How do you stay grounded uh, while doing X, Y, Z?" And uh, next thing you know, I'm you know, they're asking me questions about bigger life things, and I'm feeling like, "Oh, I like these conversations. I like meeting different people, having different conversations about passion." And so do mode came about was because as I was doing the right, uh, the speaking tour, I mean the book tour, it was my hashtag that I was using to basically group all the things I was doing. Right. Um, so it was just a couple, it was like a couple dozen posts on Instagram that had do mode hashtags. And then, uh, once you get around, you get in front of enough people, they start using the hashtag. So the community grew. And fast forward to now, it's like 12,000 or something like that. Oh, nice, um, dude. And uh, 
it's yeah, it grew and and uh, it's mainly about people just stop talking about doing whatever they want to do, stop overthinking it, stop planning because you planned enough and right. go out there and do it. Um, so that's that's the premise of do mode is is less talking, more doing. I that's love that. Matter. And uh, yeah, so it it grew to be something organically, um, which I love, and people kind of took it and used it as their own, which is dope. And fast forward to today, um, through several different iterations, I don't want you guys thinking that it was something that was happened overnight. Right. But now, Do Mode is an aspirational apparel brand where uh, mm. we have uh, clothing that is uh, aspiration and inspi- inspirational, um, and just dope. Yeah, looks good too. And uh, we have something called Project Do Mode where we highlight doers. We highlight people that are doing dope things in their community. Okay. And uh, cool. so uh, we got a few people on. that we could introduce you to. From, yeah. From the podcast, obviously Danny. It. Yeah. We had a, we have another guy that came on here, Mike Evans from yep. Full Court Piece. Who? Yeah. We want to connect. Said to you guys. guys had emailed actually a couple of times. He's from New Canaan. Yeah. Weston. That, Weston. 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 Yeah, yeah. I know Mike. That's yeah. our. Yeah. It's a homie of ours. Mike actually. Uh, he was just on last weekend. So yeah. yeah. So, so we, we could we out. could plug you two together. Let's do it, yeah. man. We're I, actually going to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Cuba with him. Cuba, he does it. Yeah, yeah. Cuba, you he has. You gotta listen. We'll send you his he podcast. He does it with uh, Brian, Coach K. I don't Pro- know. We have probably met. has some connections. Yeah, we haven't met. Coach K does the piece. Um, is it Stanford piece? Uh huh. And this sounds like full court piece. Full court piece. Which yeah. Is, he I refurbishes think. basketball courts like in the projects. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get. Connected. Oh, dude, no, yeah. trust me, it's dope. Yeah, yeah you're gonna connect. We're gonna connect you guys. I got, I got, I got some plans on on. Hell yeah! <laughs> nice. Shout Good, out Q. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely like connect you with him uh, again. He's. I think he, he knows you already, and you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I know of him. I don't think I've ever met him. No. He's a man. You guys will get along. Dope. Yeah. Fine. Dope. Just so fun. what's um what what are you what's the the bigger plan now? What do you? What's so, up next? So all, all things JB right now is uh do mode do mode. So the 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 pivot that we made with Dumo because I was trying to figure out how to legitimize it as a business. Mm. It, it took me a little while. You know, I'm a turtle and all this stuff. As you can tell from my stories, I got to go through the fire a few times mm. to learn my lessons. And, uh, so, <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like some people we know yeah. too. <laughs> so um, I started Dumo a while ago, but it took me a while to like figure out exactly what I wanted to be. So I would tell people what it was and tell my friends and then get upset that they're not really like supporting it. Or, mm. And what I had to realize is that I wasn't articulating what it was clearly. It was confusing to them as to what it was. Um, and rightfully so, because I was saying it in a confusing way. <laughs> because I didn't know exactly what it was. I was just trying to uh, basically leverage this thing that I, I backed myself into. And um, But over the quarantine, ironically, the silver lining, it was, it was, I mean, it's bad news out in the world, but don't get me wrong. I tried to look at things half full. And the half full thing was I had the opportunity to sit there, develop, what my values, what I cared about, what I wanted things to be at in my life. And do mode is definitely a big part of that. And uh, we solidified our our uh, direction, which was becoming aspirational apparel. And that's easy enough for anybody to know what that is. It's clothes, basically. And um, But when you think do mode, I want you to think Nike. I want you to mm-hmm. think Adidas because it's, uh, yes, it has some dope apparel, but we also have that social side of it where the doers come into play because that's what, Ultimately, what it, it, it is is the cornerstone of do mode is doing, and you have to be a person that has persistence and be consistent to do. And uh, we want to highlight those people that are doing, you know, not talking, just yeah. walking, you know, just get out there and do. Well done is always better than well said. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. How many people? 
talk about doing a podcast. How many people, you know, you so guys many. set it up. Got it going. You reach out to people. Yeah, like these yeah. are all your doers in your own right. Everybody that's out there that's doing something uh, and sticking with it. You know what I mean. That that's a big part of doing because you know a lot of people say they want to do stuff and even some even start. Not a lot of people stick with it. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's a definitely it's a commitment. It's like all right, we're gonna rent a room. Yep. We gotta buy all this equipment, yep. set everything up. It's so it's not it, yeah. easy, man. No. Not easy. It's not easy. No. And uh, I. But I the pieces that. came together perfect. Like, perfectly. You go. You gotta watch yeah. out for the signs and and follow those. The you know? omens. Oh, for sure. The omens. What omens? Divine Danny. destiny. Yeah. If Danny was in, I'm sure he brought up the alchemist. Dude, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talked about it's it. It's funny. So my brother, he told me that me and Danny are gonna become best friends because yeah. he knows how spiritual I am and stuff. Yeah. Like. The you alchemy. guys are brothers? Yeah. We're, we're stepbrothers step since, we brother since we were like two years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, People don't believe us, though, because if you look at like, yeah, my, me, yeah, him and me, Tim. like we just look so much different. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. blonde hair, yeah, dark yeah. hair. It's like <laughs> my, my thing is yeah. whenever we meet someone new, I always say that I look like my mom and he looks like our dad. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you know, yeah. It's funny. That's dope, though. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Alchemist. Danny with the Alchemist. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we were talking about on the podcast. I mean, we I read Divine Destiny, man. Two weeks ago, I read it. Oh, dude, yeah. what do you think? Do you love it? Uh, yeah, I love. I mean, I'm the the quarantine really uh, has forced me to uh, into solitude because I wasn't going outside. Mm. This is the most I'm coming outside and nice. with people. And, um, <laughs> um, Thank you. And I felt like uh, I got to use this time wisely, man. I mean, at first I was going stir crazy, but then I I said. You know, this is the opportunity. Everyone keeps complaining, or me. I kept complaining about not having time to do this, right. not having time to do that, and now yeah. all of a sudden I got all the time to do it. Right. So here it goes. And I, I went into deep thought, man, yeah. and I read a lot of books. Uh, I meditated. I, I gained clarity because of it. And The Alchemist is, uh, I'm in a space where The Alchemist was just right to be read. Like, had time, I read yeah. The Alchemist a few years back, it wouldn't have resonated yeah. like how it is now. I mean, yeah, like I, I read it in high school yep. or college, like like in, in like, you know, assigned to me and I read it and I didn't get, you know, I didn't yeah. get anything from it. And then when I was talking to Danny when he was coming on the podcast. He was like talking about the alchemist. And before he came on the podcast, I was like, All right, I'm going to read it. And it's like way different perspective. Like just I mean, everything yeah. like I read into everything, you know, and like really related this to year it. year has been super weird. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> crazy. You, just what you were saying, though, like the covid hit and you were like damn like i have all this yep. time there's i realized there's there's two types of people during this yes there's covid hit and it's i'm using this as an excuse yeah, yeah. you know i'm gonna sit i'm gonna cry netflix i'm yeah. gonna you know why yeah. me yeah. all this yep. stuff that you can come up with in your head or it's covid hit and i'm, about to, I'm utilizing this you know yeah, what i mean i'm yeah. taking this as time that i could use to grow yeah. i'm gonna focus on a business i'm yep. gonna focus on whatever it is and like how can i use how, this free time to improve to and improve. grow. I mean, it's, it's binary, right? It's either you're either going to do or you're not. And all the stuff that you got in the back of your mind that you say you want to do, you got to put, you know, the first step is taking the first step. Right. And uh, that's the usually the hardest step for a lot of people is to take that leap. And they think they got to go jump out the window and give up all other things in order to take that step. And in reality... It could be a baby step. It could yeah. be, and that's yeah. But I was I always say baby enough. steps. Baby steps add up to you know large leaps and bounds. You one, know, yeah. one of the books I read during the quarantine is a compound effect, and um, it's essentially saying a lot of little day to day things that you do are the things that are going to compound to be the bigger like making your gonna, bed. You're not going to making your bed was right. actually one of them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, Every morning, uh, Jordan Peterson was talking about that, and um, I think that people 
they tend and I I'm people in this example as well. Right. I've done it myself plenty of times. Yep. I just got around to not doing it, which is you trick yourself into thinking that the steps need to be way bigger or massive than they need to be in order to get going. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll always hold yourself back because of that, because it's like, yo, I don't have, if I came out, like for instance, we just dropped our first launch for do mode nice. in terms of apparel. Uh, we did it about four weeks ago um, and it was great. It took a lot to get there, right? but it was great. And had I sat there and say, you know what, if I don't make, $50,000 off of my first drop, then it's, I got chalked it up as a failure, then I would have over-assessed what I needed to to do for a win right. and uh, would have never got going. Or I would have quit after the, the first launch. When in reality, it's like, no. Everything's learning experience. You got to get it out there to learn the process, first and foremost. And if you're anything like me, you got to go through the process at least four or five <laughs> times. And then you can tighten it up. Figure out where you can get better at. Incorporate people who can help you in the places you're not so good at. And then you got something cooking. But you got to get going first. Yeah. And that comes back to probably basketball, like that team function. Like, you need the team. Like, you know how to work with other people probably I could have easily called it a a career when I quit the first time. I could have not tried out again. I could have, you know, put my ego in front of everything and been like, you know what? I don't want to go into this. a dangerous this. thing. I don't want to go back into this. And it, it almost stopped me. It almost was the like reason. Like your pride. It almost was my demise, but it, uh, I, I let it get the best of me in my first go around. But I came back thanks to people like Carl, mm. um, you know, my mom, just people in your corner who are yeah. able to like. Recenter you. Yes. Bring right. you back. And then that's, that's a super, Super important thing is to to not be so prideful that you don't listen, that your ears are closed, man. Because mm-hmm. you got some people have a macro perspective of what you're doing. Sometimes you be so involved in yourself mm-hmm. that you're not able to really see, uh, you know, in front of you. Right. Yeah. Like when you're when you're going through something, sometimes it's hard to see it from the outside. You got to look to the people that are around you and be yeah. open minded enough to hear what they're saying to you. Yeah. yeah. Right. You can't see the omens if you don't have your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, seriously, For man. Real. I'm, you know, and that's the thing. It's like. You know, going back to COVID-19, it's like COVID-19 hit for this right here, right? Yeah. We saw each other at MoCo, remember? Yep, 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 yeah, yep, so yep. COVID-19 hit. I link up with Gary Gann to MoCo. I'm doing contracting work, work with my uncle before I was doing ESPN camera work, whatever, blah, blah. I was half in, half out with this. Yeah. Half in, half out. But COVID hit, it's like, do I want to go all in or do I want to go live that other life that I don't even want to live? Right. You know, and so that's and now we're here. You follow the omens. You keep pushing through. You keep pushing through. And then the energy lines up. Everything lines up. Perfectly. And then it can't even stop. It's like a force. What I've, that noticed, stop. What I've noticed because I've, I've had this complaint about myself uh, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it when I would do this the speaking is. When you get going, let's say you muster up the energy to get going. Yeah. And one of your fears is like, is people, are people going to support me? Is Are they going to like it? So on and Judgment. so Judgment. And it's like, initially what happens, and I heard it from enough people to know that it's just not me, is that, no, people are not going to support you. You you are going to fall. You're going to have downfalls. There's going to be pitfalls. There's ebbs and flows to everything that you do. So you got to be mindful that that's a part of it. But if you keep going. If you keep being yep. persistent, if you keep trucking along, if you keep doing, then the universe will conspire in your favor. Facts. Like it yeah. will do what's necessary to make you win because you've shown like it's 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 a give and take. You right. got to give up a lot. Yeah. In order for you to be able to pro- be prosperous on the other end, like yeah. the universe got to see that you all in. Right. And once it sees that, once you paid that price, you're you're able 
to reap the rewards of that. But you got to put up, like, you got to pay a price. There's a toll to be paid. Yeah, I know. Do you do morning affirmations or affirmations at night affirmations at all? Uh, I don't do affirmations. Um, but what I've started to do is uh, write down my thoughts. And um, I wrote down my values for the first time ever in my life. I didn't find a significance in it until more recently. Um, but once I did that, that because writing down your values has allowed me to create like a, a blueprint of what I'm willing to accept and what I'm not willing right. to accept. And if my val if you're following your values consistently, then the compound effect will allow for you to all right, at the end of five years, ten years, whatever it is, I've done I made enough decisions leaning using this as my guiding star that uh, I feel comfortable where I'm at. Because ultimately all we want to do is be happy. Mm -hmm. right. Regardless of what we're doing as a profession, right. you just want to be happy. But you gotta figure out what happiness means to you first. Mm -hmm. And if you can get the best of both worlds your career being happy in your career and your life. And I think like the sec I think your career comes secondary though, in yeah. terms of meaning what I mean by that is that uh, if you define what your definition of happiness is or what your core values are, use that as the starting point. So long as you stay in line with that in every decision that you make, everything else will fall in line because you will be happy doing what you're doing because you found uh a pathway within the core values that you wrote down. Yeah. And um, so if spending time with your family is like your main core value, then you'll find a way to develop some type of way to monetize your life while simultaneously staying in line. Spending with that. time with your family. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You know what I mean? If, if spending time with your family is a thing, we're like, let me get my brother and let's do a podcast. That, I literally. love podcasting. Yeah. And I love my family. That's literally, Even yeah. if this podcast doesn't go anywhere, yeah. I'm like, we spend time I hang out together. with my brother. I hang out with my friends. It's yeah, like, that's another thing that yeah. we gotta do. Literally. We gotta stop doing is putting expectations on ourselves. Yes, right. Because uh, if you, you guys, you you said it right here. Even if it doesn't meet amount to anything or it doesn't reach the goals you set. Yeah, which we haven't really set any goals. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just gonna do this and yeah. not stop. Yeah. It's just like literally. yo, I'm with my brother. We having fun. We all we're doing stuff that we care about. Yeah, together. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't beat that. Yeah. Because a lot of people go to work and they're doing it with not people that they don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. And they're yeah. spending 60 hours a week with people they hate. Stuff that they hate with yep. people that they yep. hate. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, I do the 50-hour a week. I do mortgages, too. So I'm doing the 50-hour a week. Yep. Hustle, grind. Yeah. But I do that job with people that I really, really awesome, like actually. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm blessed with, with everything. You know what I mean? This is like... like uh, downtime for me it's yeah that's facts and I, I i try to do the same thing in my life man i, I also have a podcast called the famously average yep. i do it with uh my friends and that's just at the end of the day we can get two listens but i'm doing it with i'm linking up with my friends every week one of yeah. the things when i when i finally uh put down my values i was like i want to spend more time with my friends there's a way to do it. Yeah. And we can fuck around and monetize our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we get a couple sponsors next thing you know, you're getting paid to kick it with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> she code in life. I right? know, dude. It's, you're chilling for a while, yeah. dude. Like, and literally. With, with this, I mean, again, even if it doesn't go anywhere, like, we're just, we, we keep having people on, yeah, right? And then yes. we, we ask people, like, one, it's super motivating yeah. for me to sit here and hear your story and Literally. everybody that came on before you. I haven't had one person. We haven't that, had one person come on where we were like, damn, we didn't get anything, anything out, out of that. it. Yeah. Like, it's just life lessons, stuff that motivates other stuff into perspective for yep. us. Um, 
puts a battery in your pack, man. Hell yeah. yeah. It's like church. Keeps you going. It's like church. That's what I found by doing this, uh, the book tour. It's like, I like being around like-minded individuals. Mm. And what I found with that is that um, now we transition into the, another thing that I do. So we got basketball. We got the book. Yep. We got do mode. And another layer to JB is um, introversion. And I had to identify. It took me a while to recognize this. But uh, I had to identify that my my personality traits, obviously, it affects outwardly to, to who I'm kicking it with. Who I'm, I've had the same friends since, like, forever. Bro. Yeah, same with us. And yeah. I was, like, thinking about that one day. Like, how did I have the same friends for so long? And I realized, like, we never compromise each other. We're, we all recognize who each other are. We're all introverts, to be honest with you. And we just, like, we never push these certain boundaries right. naturally. It's not because we don't want to. It's because, like, I'm not going to put you in predicament because I don't want you to put me in a predicament. Therefore, we've been friends and we've never been in predicaments. Like, right. Not to say that we haven't been in, like, squirrels. Dumb, yeah, yeah, little, 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 yeah. But yeah. it hasn't been, like, anything crazy. And uh, I've been friends with my friends for a long time. I'm talking, like, 20 years yeah. plus. All of them. Five friends. We've been together in mostly everything. You accept um, them for who they are. They accept you for exactly. who you are. Exactly. And one of the things is that I found is that introverted uh you know, I found when I got out of school, going to all the trying to figure my way through the corporate world, I was going to like the things that people say you do networking events, resume mm. building events. And it was stuff. like different for you. It was overwhelming. Yeah. Dog, I'll go there with the people say, you got to get business cards. You got to start a LinkedIn page. <laughs> so I did that. Yeah. I got business cards. Yeah. I would go to the networking events and I would leave with the same amount of business cards I went in. <laughs> I wasn't giving them out because I wasn't talking to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just was drained of energy, dog. And it was just like annoying. I was like, I was getting nothing out of it. And then when I, after a while, going through this part of my life, the more creative part and finding fulfillment there, I was like, I need to be around more people like this. Mm. And when I, the podcast Ours, too, has people on it for which we get motivate uh, yeah. motivation from because everyone's story, everyone's come up is different. Yeah. And everyone has, uh, you know, what I found is everyone's pathway is a little different, but they are striving towards the same goals, same pathway, uh, same uh, end points, I mean. Right. Um, and uh, it was like, I got to be more around this more, but also recognizing when I'm getting drained. So the introverted stuff started happening. Uh, so I would go speaking about do mode and yeah. then that changed again. It morphed into introversion. Mm. So I started having talks about introversion and people seeing that you could be an introvert and still be out there. Because they were right. like, how you do a podcast if you're an introvert? Or how you write a book if That's you're me. an introvert? That's me. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you can be. Uh, the definition of introvert gets skewed a lot. I think. Well, people don't know, really, yeah. what an introvert is. And our buddy Solomon is a major introvert, right? So I like actually write a little bit about an introvert to understand shout out to you for doing the research yeah yeah. so i know (laughs) this is what i know about introverts okay for an introvert to be an extrovert because you guys have the capability you need your alone time to regain that energy we process everything in our heads yep i can give you the the easiest definition that i have in terms of introvert or extroversion and it all is just predicated upon where you derive your energy from Introverts derive it from in, internally, mm-hmm. and extroverts derive it from externally. So, meaning that you need to recharge your batteries by chilling by yourself sometimes, mm-hmm. or just being alone, mm-hmm. listening to music, whatever it is. That time to process. Time yeah. to process. That's introverts. Now, there are different types of introverts. Mm-hmm. There's a spectrum, like anything else. There's a spectrum of introversion. Right. So, I could be the kind of introvert that has no problem going out public speaking. Right. But then I go home, and I'm down for like. Six hours. <laughs> I feel yeah. you so you know, much on Jake. that because 
I, I work in an extroverted career. I do some public speaking stuff. I do the podcast. And that's why I like this podcast because it's like, all right, this is time where I need to force myself out of my comfort zone yeah. to do this. And yeah. then like, like after we do, we're doing another podcast after this. When I get home tonight, you're down. Be, Shades down, yeah. like I'm gonna lock myself in my house with my dog. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't talk, which is perfect. Yeah. Like, no bullshit, no bullshit. Shout out to you for doing research because yeah. introversion, it, it again because of misconception, it can fuck up your relationships. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know if if I don't understand Solomon that hey, like he just every this weekend again he doesn't want to chill. If I if I don't understand that he needs this time. For himself to re- like, because he's you know he just needs to be it. a yeah. human. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like I, you, you, you won't have friends. And, you won't have friends with some people. And that's where that's what happens is most people don't understand that. So that's where my I've started to lean into the introversion a bit and uh, to help what, educate. What we're doing is uh, so creating this digital platform for introverts. And nice. It's a place for one community building. So introverts are able to um, come here. You know, share their stories and and just connect with other introverts. So you know that there's people that are like you that are doing maybe different things. And you can also see the spectrum of introversions. There's some people who just truly don't like talking to people and just want to be alone. That is a version. That's a more extreme uh, extreme version. But then there's milder version. Um, It's, It's funny. Like my whole life. People have been asking me what's what's wrong with me, <laughs> like just because like I, I need you I know, know if I'm surrounded by people sometimes it's just like I'll, I'll be in the corner like yeah. when I was a kid especially My first people are like in places what? big yeah. rooms I'm in the corner I'm gonna cut I yeah. like watching I love like watching yeah. people interact I like the people watching things when we were I like in talking Moco to people. that time I was just I sat down yeah I remember kind of just everybody was doing shit yeah and that's just my that's just who I am and it's not because. Again, it, it may come off. Some people think it's arrogance. Some right. people think that you're antisocial, and it's not any of those things. Right. It's just I gotta process yes. what's happening. Right. And I'm with you. I then I'll come through. Now the the pros, like I look at introversion as a superpower because essentially we're able to we're highly analytical. We can analyze situations. Right. We can sit there and process it. That by the time we give you an answer about something. We've already went over it a few times. That's the right answer. So it's, <laughs> this is what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and that we're, there's no like deviation from that. That's what I've always thought. Like I have all this stuff going on in my head and about 5% of it actually gets out when yeah. I'm talking to somebody, yeah. you know, but I've, I've gone over like analyzing, analyzing, yeah. analyzing, analyzing. And I'm much yep. better if I could sit and write things down because mm. I have that time to yep. process it. Mm. Like I get I just all started writing this year, yeah. like writing things down. Right. Ironically, I wrote a book, but I don't write, <laughs> I wasn't writing stuff down. I kind of was just yeah. going. But as life gets hectic, more hectic, you got to put it down. Yeah. Um, another superpower about introversion, I think, is that we're good listeners. We sit yeah. there and we, because we have to process things, we have to listen to what you're saying. And I think that that has allowed me to like, I sit there and I'm like, okay. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Versus extroverts, I've noticed my extroverted friends, they just they waiting to shit. talk. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the opening to just go. So you said, I'm like, yo, you didn't even let me finish yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. So. You have to like let people know though sometimes because like I'll start listening and hearing and hearing and hearing and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm analyzing what they're saying and I'm not saying anything back. So you yeah. got to, yeah. I, do, I, do yeah I mean, there's a balance, of course. Uh, at the base level, we're all humans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's a... We all like to, um, you know, we're tribal by by nature. Mm. So you got to find your tribe and figure out. You ever read that book, Tribe? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got another book. Yeah. No, I, I have a friend who, uh, he was in the Marine Corps, combat veteran. And, uh, like, he 
Jake actually knows all Marines, just so you know. Oh, I don't know why. Like, I, I just gravitate <laughs> towards Those are the like, people these. that you fuck with. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, dis- they're like me. Disciplined. Like, <laughs> yes. Do- doers. You know yes. what I mean? Like, my, my best friend is a is an ex-drill instructor. I work in the Marine veteran Corps. community up there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Awesome. I, so, interview- I have a bunch of people I got to introduce you to. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, this is but a there's great. a book called Tribe that he told me about because when he got out of the military, like he really, really struggled with coming back to identity and stuff. Yeah, real so, world. yeah identity crisis, society. Yeah. And like he told it's me, tough. he said, read that, read this book, Tribe, and it'll you'll understand a lot more about yeah. where he's coming from. Mm. I mean, uh, another shameless plug. This is why I think the toughest two is so um, if I had it my way, I'd, I'd, I'd revamp toughest two and, and come back out because I've, I've learned so much more. Why don't you make a second one? No, oh, you could, you could reuse, that, reuse that book and then add in like your dog. This <laughs> happened. We're, we're excited about it. Yeah, my, like my the top two is going to be revamped, and um, because the reason why is because of what you just said in terms of the the, the moral there that you said that, that like people are transitioning in and out of different aspects of their life. It's not just college transition or not just playing basketball. Yeah. It's it's. And that's the thing about the toughest two that most people think is just relegated towards basketball. But in reality, it's a life thing. It's like regardless of what stages you're transitioning to and from, it's a hard like you got to go through these same processes of trying to identify. Some people do it seamlessly, but most don't. Most people have to like re-identify themselves, re-figure out what they're good at, what their passions are. Every so often, that shit could change. Like you could be a, a... in the Marines in five years, but then now you got to come home and assimilate to a different society. Maybe you got to be a real estate agent and you got to have these soft right. skills because in, in for sports army, like you get talked to straight. Right. And you got to be able to take that. Take shit. that. And yeah. you give it sometimes. Like, yeah. yo, just go over there and do it. And when you come over, like you have all these, like, bro, <laughs> just do that shit. Yeah. But you have to recognize that not like in, in, normal society right. you got to be able to softly With like the snowflakes hey, like, yeah the little, <laughs> the little cupcakes out there you just yell at everybody and tell them to go do it they're not going to do how you want to do it yeah. they're not going to do exactly how you would have did it and uh, like there's just these skills you got to learn so i think that it happens in a variety of ways yeah so that's dope that you're danny was in the yeah danny, danny was in the marine danny Corps, exactly. it's not the danny podcast but i'm telling you i know it's so connected <laughs> yeah he was sitting yeah. where you were <laughs> and then uh, one more, one more question. Yeah. Um, be, so so being from like Bridgeport and coming from like the inner city and never giving up. Like what what do you think it is that's different about you than so many other people? Like where you just you didn't go give up. Like you somehow like just kept going through it. Where like other people would have given up. Take so take a different path. You know. Like uh, I mean, I have a fear of mediocrity, dog. Like it's it's really that simple i i don't want to settle because i don't want to settle you know it, it's it's very binary to me um and i don't think that i'm special in terms of talent or uh, you know critically thinking yeah uh, like i've mentioned several times over like it takes me a while to get the the point of things um and i have to go through a lot of trial and error to get to where i want to be at but I, the separating factor is that i'm not afraid to do that um choices here is whether or not I'm going to uh, next year at this time, am I going to be in the same space I'm in right now or am I going to be forward or I'm, well, I'll be backwards. And, you know, all these ebbs and flows that life takes you down. If you're afraid to make any missteps, then you'll just be in the same spot f- for as long as you, you know, don't move. 
And um, something like Nipsey Hussle said at one point, he was just like, yo, the, the, the only separating factor is that I just ain't quit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel that way. Like, I don't, I'm just not going to stop because I know where I want to be at. And I think it's more of a, uh, like I said earlier, if I give the effort, the universe will return um, and uh, will give me what I need in order to get me where I would say I want to be at. Nice. Awesome. Where, uh, real quick, where can everybody find you? You know, uh, shout out your social media. Yeah. Shout out where we can find so the podcast, please. Um, so for do mode related things, it's do mode underscore USA. That's our page on IG, and our, our website is getindumode.com. And um, you can grab apparel there, and you can check out Project Do Mode there as well. Uh, we're going to highlight our first doer um, shortly, actually. Cool. Um, and uh, for me personally, uh, I am introverted JB um, on IG. Um, and uh, also have introverted videos on YouTube. Um, you just type in introverted JB on YouTube. Um, and for the podcast, we have uh, the Famously Average podcast that can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, you could type in the Famously Average on YouTube. We got full videos on YouTube as well uh, where we highlight people doing dope stuff, entrepreneurs, um, and uh, just like-minded individuals. Awesome. So, Sweet. Thanks Any, for coming on. Oh, go ahead, Jakey. Anything else you want to add in? I, I didn't talk about this yet or, or much, but uh, I'm also at Yale uh, oh, yeah, getting yeah. my uh, master's degree. Sweet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So just no another, big deal. Yeah. another layer of shit to get done. And I'm, I'm again, this is all just, it's not to brag, it's to show you that you can literally do whatever you want to do. Mm. Um, it, it, yes, it's daunting. There's days I feel like quitting. I've talked about it on the podcast. It's like, yes, I, I wanted to stop doing all the shit that I was doing this, this year. But the balance is to have more good days than bad. And hopefully if you're thinking on something way too long, then it's probably a sign for you to get moving on it. So I thought about getting a degree at Yale that would further help me separate from, you know, the norm. And it'd just be dope to say I got a Yale degree. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that on top of everything else, no time better than now, man. Yeah. No time. Sounds good. Thank you for for all the wisdom. We appreciate it. This is great. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Guys, thank you so much. Good morning, good day, good night. Until (laughs) next time. Uh